journal entry. We're doing women leading America's intelligentsia. We're looking at some of the powerhouses of within academia and journalism within the, the larger think tank apparatus of American society. We're looking, we're looking at those contributors who are women who have the most to offer, who have the, the heaviest hitting track record of reporting on subjects that no one else wants to talk about. So welcome back. So once more, we have to unveil our latest and greatest extraordinary journalist. And so we have women leading America's intelligentsia. And so we have to present America's leading voices who are women voices. So that would be elite journalism, women leading America's intelligentsia. And, that's, and so it's extraordinary to have such a wealth of extraordinary minds extraordinary minds and courageous patriots here in America and so you'll see that over the course of time that's the true essence and the true nature of our wealth because we're not the most numerous nation we're not the most populous nation in the world and per capita we have such great wealth and such dynamic entrepreneurs creating so many jobs and so in, in this way we have we can see that American exceptionalism lies in the nature of our mostly, by and large, and historically extraordinary, very well-educated population. And the ability for American civil society, with its such wonderful advanced documents and founding vision, will allow ultimately for the political liberty of all people, no matter what their nationality or their ethnic heritage might be, or their the melanin content in their skin, whatever whatever that might be, that everyone will be equal under law and have equally protected civil liberties and rights and protections and so on. And so you're going to find that this this extraordinary nation here in America and our extraordinary spiritually enlightened founding concepts here in America ultimately will change civilization over the last. 10,000 years or so, and as much as they will become one of the unique political republics in history devoted to justice and, and liberty, that would come to individual rights as citizens with their own unique and profound ability to self-determine their own fate. And so this is a remarkable change in all of history, where there's been times in, in other republics in, in past, or in other corners of history where women have had the 
pleasure of some rights delegated to them, but by and large, never totally independent civil protections that we see here in America. And as you can see, some other countries in the world now seem archaic in comparison in their standards, their social mores and their cultural customs and how they expect women to you know, carry on and be treated. And we here in America have flourished to a great extent, despite everything, every difficulty in the world, but to a greater and greater extent. In as much as that um, women in, this, in these generations and recent American history have been able to fully self-realize their own possible intellectual development and their own career path and self-determined fate. And so as entrepreneurs, as business leaders and doctors and lawyers and so on. And here in America, they can even drive their own cars. Wow. It's like a Star Trek age. Future, you know. So, you know, here in America, we take that for granted. And we expect to look to our women to to be as strong. And so those are just kind of the concepts. To, it goes to the, the idea of women that, that can be, that are who are liberated, who are warriors, and who can and are trained with the capability to be lethal and can and are capable of destroying men you know those are not like we were watching a show right if you watch um catch some some apps man if you go on there on the tv and you catch catch some apps there's a, a show mission uh, what, what is it lioness it goes to the the special operations uh women's teams who are able to go in environments where men cannot go in, in other countries etc and so those capabilities give us an advantage on the battlefield that is extraordinary. And that same concept is relative to our, our journalism here in America. The women, liberated, super intelligent, intimidating women, right? Personally empowered women who have gun rights, right? Who, you know, you know probably other men in other cultures and other places cannot even, like, countenance or instantiate in their thinking in their minds and they cannot really comprehend how women here in America really are and, 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 and how to a greater degree even how much more my daughter and your daughters and our daughters will be and so this is a great advantage we have and so in this to that extent we always have to look forward to finding those pillars of intellectual inspiration and moral courage and excellent character and quality etc that we can put forward and say look here here are elite journalists that only America can produce or, you know, who and who are fighting to protect America because there's a lot of great journalists out there, but not very many of them have the courage to do what it takes to actually protect America and take up the fight to stand up for sometimes very unpopular positions. And so that's how we look to um, Laura Loomer to be um, that kind of polar north where we can rely on and the, and the evidence in her life and in her work the the greatness of America and the the need for us to take up that fight to uh, to defend American liberty and political constitutional and small R Republican ideals right and so for that we will all of us be put on a homeland security database and watch list but nevertheless Laura Loomer elite journalism women leading America's intelligentsia so. Thanks so much for having me and inviting me to your studio. Uh, my name is Laura Loomer, and uh, of course, we've known each other for several years, but uh, I'm an investigative journalist, I'm an activist, and um, a lot of people know me because 
well, for several years, I was the most banned woman in the world, <laughs> the most censored, uh, one of the first uh, people in this country, along with Alex Jones and others, to be completely deplatformed. Uh, pretty much everywhere, right? I only were, recently just got my Twitter account back in December, but I'm still banned everywhere wow. else, right? Were, so, were, you were debanked too, right? Yeah. That's crazy. So I got debanked. And then as you reported, uh, you were one of the only people to really uh, report on my congressional campaign and the censorship. Uh, made history because I ran for Congress in 2020 and 2022 in Florida as an America First Republican. And uh, during both election seasons, I was the first and only deplatformed, like completely deplatformed candidate in United States history. And the big tech social media companies actually created policies specifically targeting me and my campaign. So they had said originally at Twitter, they're going to allow every single candidate for Congress or governor to have an account. And I was the only one they said, uh, except Laura Loomer, Cassandra Fairbanks actually contacted uh, the Twitter spokesperson and said, so are you going to reinstate Laura Loomer? And they said everyone but Laura wow. Loomer. And then, of course, everyone knows I won my primary uh, in in Florida and President Trump's home district in Palm Beach. Uh, that was District 21 at the time. And it's an honor because President Trump voted for me in the primary and the general. And even as the declared Republican candidate uh, on the ballot for the general election in 2020, they still wouldn't allow me to have any uh, wow. social media. So and then, of course, I ran again in 2022. And well, it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to get elected to office when you're completely silenced and we live in a digital public Right and now, of course, I'm doing everything that I can to help President Trump, the greatest president we've ever had in this country, get elected. Right on. So there's going to be the debate with uh, Bill Mitchell and, and Laura Loomer. And, you know, we're not going to really get into watching Bill Mitchell get totally trounced and smashed by the pleasant and handsome uh, Laura Loomer. But as we go forward, we're just going to listen to some more of this, these outtakes, in order to kind of get a, a good glimpse and a good idea of, of who Laura Loomer is, and, and her, her street cred, and her CV. Right on. So, so, well, it's not that Trump wasn't feeling it. It's unconstitutional, right? So you do know that you can't have a presidential candidate and a vice presidential candidate from the same state on the same ballot. So a lot of people push this idea that, oh, wow, it's going to be a Trump-DeSantis ticket, you know? And DeSantis is going to be the VP, but people don't seem to understand that you know, you can't have a presidential candidate and a vice presidential uh, ticket uh, from the same state. And now that we know that President Trump changed his residency from New York uh, to Florida, he's a Floridian. And there are currently three Floridians uh, running for president in the state of Florida. Right. You have President Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis and Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami. So that's well, our, our, just a quick clarification. Article two of the Constitution states the electors shall meet in their respective states. Yeah. And vote by ballot for two persons of whom one at least shall not be an inhabitant of the same state yeah. with themselves. I, I, I heard a lot about this. I didn't know if that was true or not. It is true. Yeah. yeah. And, and Roger Stone, of course, who's, you know, a really great friend of mine and also President Trump's, uh, uh, you know, longest friend and former advisor or current advisor, I believe, as well. Um, he has written extensively about this. And so. Uh, you know, it's important for people to understand this because there was really this demonization of President Trump, right? Something like, oh, well, you know, he just doesn't want to have DeSantis as a VP because, you know, it would it would it would show him up. And it's all about President Trump's ego when really it's actually in our Constitution. So I just wanted to make why would President Trump want to go to a hostile blue state where you have uh, district attorneys and, you know, prosecutors uh, trying to come after him? I'm just correcting the record because you you said that it was because of President Trump, right? And we want to be factual well, 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 as a matter of fact, we'll be talking about a subjective issue here. 
DeSantis is such a scholar, though, right? You're saying that, oh, you know, he's so Ivy League and he's such an expert on the Constitution. Why does so much of the legislation that he has signed into law get struck down on grounds that it's unconstitutional? You would think that a guy that claims that he's such a hotshot Harvard-trained lawyer, right, and a, and a Yale athlete would... The big tech social media bill, right? So Ron DeSantis loves talking about how, oh, it's a free state of Florida and we have free and fair elections in the free, in the free state of Florida and we don't have censorship. And he famously went on Tucker Carlson's show and said that uh, he had made it illegal in the state of Florida for candidates uh, running for office to be uh, banned on social media and said that if candidates were banned and deplatformed that they were going to, uh, the state of Florida was going to institute fines against the big tech companies. Well, I would know given the fact that I was the only uh, candidate in the state of Florida that was completely deplatformed. But I guess, you know, because I'm pro-Trump and, you know, we know that Ron DeSantis has been planning his uh, presidential campaign for the last two and a half years in the state of Florida, uh, he had no intention of actually implementing this. And then, of course, a judge uh, found that because they made the bill revolve around Section 230, which, you know, if, if he really is such a constitutional genius, as you're saying, he should know that the states don't have the authority to modify Section 230 because that's a federal federal law. Right. It's a federal issue. So I just I, but I just think that's important because, you know, there's really just been this facade that's been created for Ron DeSantis. I would say that he's really a Manchurian candidate. The media and the GOP establishment has been grooming him. Okay. Fox News. Like, 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 like Aaron oh, your Bush, your Bush let's, uh, let's, campaign manager. It taking place. He did not no, say that's this. He's it, been planning a presidential campaign for the last two and a half years. Okay, it's been widely reported in the state of Florida and really nationally now that Ron DeSantis has been laying the groundwork for a presidential campaign since uh, November of 2020. And you know, I ran for Congress in Palm Beach County, and a lot of the uh, donors who are on uh, Ron DeSantis's. Uh, uh, finance committee for his campaign, right? These are people who told me point blank in 2020 and 2021 during private meetings that they had been asked to be on his uh, 2024 uh, presidential finance committee. So this has been in the works for a long time. Obviously, Ron DeSantis knew that, you know, he didn't just wake up in May when he filed and say, oh, you know, I'm going to run for president. He pressured the Florida legislature, okay, in violation of Florida's resign to run law and really in violation of just ethical standards, period, to change the Florida resign to run law. He hand appointed the Florida Secretary of State, Cord Bird, in May of 2022. And then he had Cord Bird quietly change the rules in the Florida political handbook so that you could transfer funds from a Florida state political committee, which is, you know, you before this change was made, you couldn't transfer funds, right, from state to federal uh, entities. He had him quietly change the handbook so that he could transfer the money that he raised when he was governor over to the federal uh, never back down super PAC, right? So it just shows he doesn't really have moral character. He's willing to bend the rules. <laughs> wait, wait, He's representative willing, of Donald Trump is saying something else? So there you go. You can see that she's coming out strong for Trump, and, and I love that. Um, she's got all the goods on DeSantis there, Governor DeSantis here in Florida. And, you know, if, if something were to happen to Trump, God forbid, but if they were to arrange, as they're good at arranging all kinds of malfeasance and, and horrifying, uh, you know, atrocities and, and crimes that are, that are so large that they're, they're not even really scaled out within the criminal code. You know, we don't really have criminal codes to even define the kind of horrifying betrayal and traitorous underhanded misdeeds that we have going on here. But, and so as she kind of characterizes the, the moves that DeSantis, uh, sorry, Governor DeSantis makes 
to in his presidential run. I mean, I, I, I see how shrewd and, and, and uh, uh, sharp-edged he's cutting the, the policies. But at the same time, if something were to happen to Trump, God forbid, and we had to turn to DeSantis and put him up there in, in Washington, D.C., in the presidency, we would have to rely on a guy who would be, ha- have a very sharp edge and be able to go right to town in an environment that's trying to destroy him and, 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 you know, we're, we're presupposing here that the, a, a, a power structure, a deep state cabal that already is destroying Trump and may destroy him, who do we turn to? We need someone who is, you know, not lacking morals, but is not afraid to go to the mat, is not afraid to put Al Capone in prison for the rest of his life for tax violations, right? This is what it's going to take. We have to put someone up there who's going to have to take apart the deep state, the Nancy Pelosi, crackhead Biden Corruption, deep state department, you know, all the rest of them were in on it. The McC- Mitch McConnells and the Dianne Feinsteins and, and all of them. They're, they've been on this corrupt, enriching themselves and ripping off the American people and playing patty cake with their enemies. They've been doing this the whole time. Biden is just a moron. He's the one who's got caught and brought the whole thing down on their heads. But let, let, we have to send someone up there who's going to be able to destroy these guys. And I don't know what DeSantis is thinking, trying to run himself up there if he's part of this uh, deep state cabal himself. But if he is in, in, intent on going up there to win the presidency and, and all, all of a sudden the, the, the warm, embracing arms of love and, and affectionate uh, Washington, D.C., deep state power structure and just enfolds him in and, and loves him, then obviously we've got a problem with the guy. DeSantis, if, Governor DeSantis, if you're not challenging the system, if you're not a danger to their power structure, then w- what use are you? You see what I'm saying? So yeah, that's where DeSantis is at. If he's going to be real that we will see him really getting real friction and real blowback and real attacks on him from the deep state. If the deep state is trying to, if, if, deep, if Black Rock and, and Larry Fink and, you know, all, all these rich traders, globalist traders of America, and George Soros and everybody is patting Ryan DeSantis on the head and loves him, then we don't want him. It's as simple as that. So this is the kind of rock in a hard place we find ourselves and, of course, I, I want to go up there and pull the, the lever for Trump, too. But at the same time, if they put him in jail and have him beat to death by prisoners or something, and he's just no longer breathing, who, do, who are we going to turn to? Here's a, who's already ramped up and ready to go. And, and so that's why Ron DeSantis is, is such a, a formidable figure right now. It's not that he, he's ultimately somebody that we really want, but at the same time, he's the only other viable candidate left on the field if they destroy Trump. And of course, I don't know what he's going to do to withstand their destruction. If he's going to go in there and just take the payouts and be a, a you know, a Biden junior, right? If DeSantis is going to step in there and just take the reins of the Biden collapse of Afghanistan and the, the approach of World War III. I mean, I, I don't know what he's going to do to step in to shut down Russia and Ukraine hellscape from unfolding further you know and i look at the elites in ukraine and the elites in russia that are just robbing us blind and pressing forward these machinations and getting all these people killed and i think they're all on the same team i have no reason to believe that Zelensky and putin aren't high-fiving in the background and if that's what you believe if you're wearing a russian flag or ukrainian flag or if you're waving pom-poms in this canned contrived world economic forum orchestrated war that you're seeing this fake war that's just consuming hundreds of thousands, half a million. It's going to end up being millions of people. They're, they're pressing the accelerator, and they're trying to pull the pin on World War III. Okay, so that, that's why we, we've got to listen to Laura Loomer. We've got to listen to these people that are questioning the authorities. We can't just get down and, and brown-nose Trump or brown-nose DeSantis. We have to know where are they leading America's future.
So just to go a little more into it, let's just listen to Laura Loomer as she battles Bill Mitchell in this strange uh, and awkward debate. But you, you can see in this debate, if you go back and listen to it, how much of a, a real investigative journalist and professional and hammer she really is and why we like her, you know. And, and uh, as far as what all these individuals say and Kanye West and all these people and what they say about Jewish people and all that, I mean, it, it just it goes to the material fact that a lot of these people are really ignorant. And like Nick Fuentes and all the, if you just listen to anything they say, you can see that they don't know anything about history. They're saying crazy stuff about Hitler to get likes or get tweets on Twitter or X or whatever it is. And, and they're just trying to have a consequence in the civil society by saying outlandish things. But it doesn't make me think that all of a sudden they're anti-Semites or they even really know what they're talking about. Even like Kanye West, he's just, he's just a moron. And he knows how to get out there and say some things and, and get people to have like a little Twitter storm. And, you know, but beyond that, there's really no substance behind what he's saying, like the weird black Israelite stuff and the weird stuff about Jews and all that. I mean, what they're really having a problem with is that we, we have enslavement, a total economic enslavement to the Federal Reserve System. And some people want to like make that about Jewish people. You know, they try to like somehow wedge the, the, the issue of somebody's uh, national heritage or, or, you know, their, their ethnic lineage in there. And, and, of course, if you want to go back and look at some of the, the stock, the Class A shareholders and the secret anonymous stockholders that really run and control the Federal Reserve System, you'd have to uh, go through the whole gamut of, of people who are billionaires, uh, financiers and finance lords in London in Saudi Arabia, and Dubai, you'd, you know, you'd have to go everywhere in the world. So you can't make it a, some kind of weird Jewish conspiracy. And that's what kind of cues you in that some of these people like Kanye West and all them, they're just morons. They're just morons. They just, they're just very first level ABCD look into, they, they read an article about the Rothschilds or something weird like that, you know. And pretty soon they'll, they'll be into UFOs and reptilians. They're, like, they're just so off base and so misinformed that they would go out and boldly like say some kind of idiotic stuff like that about Jews or whatever, whatever they say, you know, who listens to them? And of course, Donald Trump shouldn't be anywhere near Kanye West or any of those people. And that's just kind of his fault for not really knowing how to move in the culture and all that. So in the end, it's going to come down to, you know, how we can figure out how to get our republic back. And, we, and if we only have just these few individuals, uh, we're going to have a rough time. So we have to think our way through what is going on with DeSantis. I've heard people say he went to Yale. Is he in the skull, the order of skull and bones? They don't really tell you that up front. You kind of find out later. It wouldn't surprise me, you know, if he wedges himself all the way into power and somehow he's a skull and bones guy or something like that. Those are the kind of things that I think about and we need to be paying attention to. So let's kind of get over the hurdle of the ignoramus, like weird anti-Semitic stuff that just tries to shut down debate, tries to shut down news articles and journalism and information. And let's try to uh, get ourselves past the issues of what, you know, of trying to entangle one another and these accusations of racism and anti-Semitism, which just leads nowhere. But really it's the entire American culture. It's the American people and the entire American nation and the whole body politic that's crumbling and dissolving. And that's what gives China and Russia and all these uh, enemies of America an advantage. That's why they can build a, a base in Cuba. And that's why they can collapse Af Afghanistan. And we just retreat and then now China's there right that that's the issue that we're having is that we're having an internal civil war within America that's destroying us keeping us ignorant and ill-informed and at, at each other's throats and that's what we've been talking about for a long time in this podcast 
It's, a bit, it's been about managing the reactionary right-wing anger and violence as they try to clutch down and, and, and pull down the Constitution. And it's all in the wave, and it's in the wake and the aftermath of the fact that we have a crashing Federal Reserve, global reserve currency that's totally going to ashes. Like it's been hit by a, you know, a Maui laser beam, right? Like it's been like a, radio, like a, a microwave laser just blasted our, our Federal Reserve notes. It's, just gonna, it's, it's going to ash. It's going to hyperinflation. And it's happening very quickly. And it's in that aftermath of that collapse of our currency that they're coming up with all this great reset. And they're, they're pressing the issues of war. And they're doing all these things. They're pressing this internecine conflict between us, uh, the, the red and blue, right? The, the dialectic conflict between the people. They're pushing that all the way up. And that's why you're seeing this extremism starting to manifest. So as we go forward, we have to be level-headed. We can't be caught up and drawn into the conflagration that's totally staged for just, just to get people to go up on January 6th and go in the Capitol and go to prison. We have to think for ourselves and not be led by the, the shouting of other people, at, you know, federal, federal officers and federal agents and Ray Epps shouting to go into the building or shouting to go over here to do this. Or they're, they're pressing us on all angles it's in, it, as they take the persona of Donald Trump into court and they really you know, take the president and they really humiliate and debase the, the policies that he represents and the movement and the people that, he, or, that have been behind him supporting him. They're showing us as they destroy him, they can ultimately destroy us. And we have to carry on here. This is a, a revolutionary moment. The deep state and the power elite are collapsing. They're losing their power. They're being exposed. All the heinous behavior of individuals like Victoria Nuland or all these disgusting deep state actors, the 51 intelligence officers and ex-generals, all, all these morons who are sold out Obama worshipers who sold, signed the letter against Trump. And of course, to them, Trump is just a man, a man they can destroy and manipulate spy on, hack into his devices, you know, go through his wife's sock drawer. I mean, th th this is just an individual like us who they can totally show up in the morning uh, in a pre-dawn raid and just shoot you in the head and just, you know, th that's what they're doing to people. That's what this, this supposed Department of Justice, this supposed, you know, August body of federal uh, investigators is supposed to be doing. Instead of protecting the American people, they're now savaging, butchering, and murdering the American people. And so I have nothing to say to any, anybody from Washington, D.C., any federal officer. We, we send our own representatives up there at our own, at our own danger, you know, at, at our own peril, because they end up t turning into people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. We'll find out next year that now she's worth $200 million. She's gone all quiet. She's just a, another sycophant and worshiper of the uh, Washington power structure. She just becomes a new fixture up there. And, you know, we can expect that these traders are going to take the money, the, the devaluating, collapsing Federal Reserve? No, they're going to take that in as their payment for the betrayal of this country. And, and it's the same thing is true. The, all these papists, all these Roman papists, they're all working together. It doesn't matter if it's Joe Biden up there with Kevin McCartney, Hunter Biden, all holding hands, right? They're all, they're all in the same team. Mitch McConnell, they're all going to church, sitting in the pew and eating the little, the little wafer and thump, 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 thump. And they're all part of that same religious system. They got the little X on the forehead and they, they patty cake in the background. And the rest of us are in this blue-red you know, political mode where we're waving signs at each other and, and just being amped up into this, this uh, degenerating madness of the civil society that's breaking down as our enemies are sharpening their swords. So Let's go ahead and discontinue to listen to a little bit more of this fascinating discussion. What 
does that have anything to do with this? What does this have anything to do? What? What are we going to talk about Trump or DeSantis? Well, are we going to talk about Trump or DeSantis? Exactly. I'm going to a credibility. No, but this is what Bill's going to do. I just want everybody to know. He's going to attack me because DeSantis doesn't have any policies. He knows that. DeSantis doesn't have any policies. He doesn't have any policies. He's ripped everything. This is about DeSantis versus Trump. Let's get back on track. Exactly. And so I want to talk. I'm here to talk about President Trump and his policies and why he's the better candidate. Okay. If you want to attack me, we can have our own space sometime, but we're not going to waste time so that you can, you know, try to paint okay, me let's as talk, some let's, kind let's, of Let's, go, let's, let's go, go back, back to, to politics. policies. Policies. Okay. Trump has said that he is going to, uh, on day one, in the Ukraine conflict with a phone call. Impossible. It's not going to happen. I guarantee you that Putin and Zelensky are laughing in his face when he says that. He says on day one, I'm going to end birthright citizenship with an executive order. Again, impossible. Would never survive the courts. He said that I'm going to drain the swamp in six months. Again, he was the chief recruiter for the swamp for four years. It will not happen. He had a chance to lock Hillary up. He promised that on his campaign for the, I mean, I was so many rallies, lock her up, lock her up. He's, yeah, yeah. And two weeks after he became the uh, uh, president elect, he goes in front of a crowd. He says, listen, I didn't mean that. We're really not going to do that. And then the whole Russiagate thing, I'm like, that never would have happened if you had locked her up. You emboldened the left by not locking Hillary up. They realized you're a paper tiger. You're all talk. You're not going to get these things done. And so they came after your jugular and look at all these problems. And we're still seeing the long-term effects of that. Let's start with that point right there. Uh, one of the big issues for me is which candidate is going to fire everybody. And I mean that figuratively to a certain degree. I do want everybody fired. I want reviews. I want the, the bureaucratic state to be uh, curtailed to a great degree. I don't literally think someone's going to come in, bang a gavel, and everyone's gone. But the question then is, who would actually do that? Is it going to be Trump or is it going to be DeSantis? Who's well, the, going to qu the question is, the way you could do that is, here's the biggest problem. The reason why they call the deep state is the deep state. It's these people that, that carry on from one administration to the next. They're employees. And it's very hard to get rid of them because if you try to fire somebody, then they appeal. And that takes many years. And they appeal again. So they can outlast any president. right? So what Trump had proposed earlier was this Schedule F idea. right? Mm -hmm. And he threw an executive order where he would be able to, if anybody of these government employees could be proven to be involved in anything politically, then they could be fired. The problem wow. is that the courts will fight this. This will be challenged over and over again. It's going to end up in the Supreme Court. It'll probably take years and years. Trump only has four years in there to do that. So I think that Governor DeSantis would also follow something along those lines. But Trump wants to build a big, uh, better facility. I believe it's for the FBI in D.C. DeSantis wants to move them out, literally drain the swamp by draining the swamp, moving people out of D.C., getting them out of the three martini lunches, getting them out of that you know, whole thing. So I think DeSantis has got a more pragmatic approach to that. He Hold says, listen, it's going to take me eight years to do this. You can't just drain the swamp <clears throat> in six months. And, you know, it's not like we haven't, Trump doesn't have a track record on this. Trump has got a track yeah. card on that. Okay. So he says that DeSantis wants to, you know, take take these uh, swamp monsters and deep state agencies out of D.C. DeSantis has brought the swamp to Florida. Do you know that Ron DeSantis allowed for the Capitol Police to actually set up an official office in Tampa, Florida, for the purpose of hunting down Trump supporters who attended the rally on J6? Florida has the highest number of J6 defendants. You can look it up. There was a report, I believe, in the Tampa Bay Times about this. And so how exactly is Ron DeSantis going to dismantle these agencies when he's bringing them to Florida to harass and intimidate and uh, carry out their weaponized agenda against Trump supporters. 
And he there they have a coalition where the Capitol Police in Tampa, Florida, are working in conjunction with the FBI and the local sheriffs in Florida, some of whom were even endorsed by uh, Ron DeSantis. And they are hunting down Trump supporters to this day. I live in Central Florida, and one of the one of the districts that's uh, close by to me. It was previously in my district before DeSantis took it out, right? Because it was one of the more pro-Trump areas, and he didn't want me having a super pro-Trump area when I was running for Congress against total rhino Dan Webster. Um, you know, uh, Citrus County. Just a couple months ago, there was a January sixer who didn't even go inside the Capitol. Okay, he was just there. He was wearing a panda suit, walking around trying to talk about peace, and he was. He had his home raided by the FBI in conjunction with the Citrus County uh, Sheriff's Office, and uh, they beat him. They beat him, and that happened under Ron DeSantis's watch. There are videos, and I can we can play them here today. I've done an extensive report about this of January 6 defendants. As I said, Florida has the highest number out of at any state in the country begging Ron DeSantis for assistance, asking him to intervene about this weaponized government. But he has emboldened the Capitol Police and the January 6 Commission to come into Florida under his watch with his approval in Tampa to hunt down Trump supporters. So, so I, I take issue with what you we, said. We have the Tampa Bay Times. I remember the story. It's a big deal. The, yeah. US Cap- the Tampa Bay Times says U.S. Capitol Police plan to open a Tampa office. Why? It's the first step towards geographic expansion of the notoriously opaque agency, which has been in turmoil since January 6th. Tampa Bay Times is not a conservative publication by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, that, 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 is, that is a really good point because I've, I've talked about one of the strongest things DeSantis could do, and, and he, he did this to a certain degree, is say, I will not assist in the extradition of Donald Trump on, on these indictments. But this right here actually I think is a bit alarming considering, I mean, the photos that have come out of, well, let's, of let's, some of these let's people. Let's talk about the, January 6th. Okay. The, my... So anyway, I'm just going to leave it right there. And it's a cliffhanger. you got to go back and listen to the entire debate. But as far as I'm concerned, the Fed's direction was a total orchestration of the deep state who knew that the Trump supporters were coming into town and that they were going to walk over to the Capitol and to have some kind of redress of their concerns. And there waiting for them was a Machiavellian surprise that would make Victoria Nuland smile and probably did. And that is the apparatus of color revolutions, the process of taking out administrations or political leaders in other countries that you don't like. That's what the CIA does professionally. It's their job. It's the same thing that got Zelensky into power and then pissed off Russia. Is we took out the, the elected, duly elected leader of Ukraine. We knocked them out under McCain and, uh, and Biden and, and Obama using the color revolution schemes and tactics of the Central Intelligence Agency. And as soon as we did that, we put in Zelensky, who was a puppet. Okay, so, and of course, the puppet is there to allow for the Peter Daszak bioweapons labs and uh, experimentation that you saw in Wuhan to, to take place in Ukraine. That's what we do. We, we take over these other countries with the CIA, people like Victoria Nuland here, and Obama, and these kind of deep state global elite servants, right? That's what they become. They become the servants of the, the power structure beyond the borders of Washington, D.C. And ultimately, you can see that Washington, D.C. is a asset, a controlled satrap, an imperial despotism, a mechanism of the globalist control over the American people in this country. That's why we end up we end up losing our constitution. We end up losing our rights. We end up having leaders sent up to Washington, D.C. who are totally sold out, bought and paid for. And they come back to us with all this crap and sound like, you know, they go to the World Economic Forum and they sound really skeezy with their weasel words as they go about and try to bring the American people down, take away our, our ability to even engineer firearms. We've got people at home here in the United States who engineer their own firearms. 
they got people who make Bach powder rifles. Right? The, the entire culture of self-defense in the Second Amendment, they're trying to de- destroy that. Because once they destroy that, all the other rights and privileges and constitutional protections that we have in this nation, this Protestant United States of America, pre-1913, pre-1933, pre right? And when they talk about the administrative state, they're talking about the fact that the state administrates you. The state gives you a social security number, and you tell it. You remember it, that's your number. That's your little social security slave number, boy. You remember that number, and every time you go to the bank or you got to call your credit card, you remember your last four, okay? You remember that. And that's what this is all about. This is about your birth certificate and your death certificate. And that's how they are able to monetize each and every one of us and figure out how much tax ber- taxes we're going to pay and how much they can ultimately take out in debt, huge international banking debt tranches taking out, taken out and borrowed by the federal government through the Federal Reserve in our names. That's what we pay back. So you need to wake up and figure out this scheme. And stop looking at social security, all these weasel words, all these weasel organizations, the Internal Revenue Service. That's the Internal Revenue Service to collect taxes. That's the interest rate, and that's the collections department of your big national credit card that's out of London. And the big national credit card has gone up to $35 trillion or whatever, innumerable, unmanageable, unquantifiable debt. That's what we're here to talk about. That in, in that black hole, they're doing all this other stuff. They're, they're blasting America with lasers. That's what, the, that's what it looks like to me, guys. It looks like to me that they're getting ready to starve America and to take the farmers, millions of farmers across this country, take their land and, and take their cattle because somehow they're farting and it's, it's polluting the atmosphere. This ridiculous kind of shit. And, of course, these sycophant, terrified, brainwashed, propagandized, little COVID vaccine-taking morons over here are going to be marching with them and locked up by the tens of millions with their masks on. And that's what we have to deal with. We have to deal with this army of the undead zombies, the mask-wearing COVID vaccine zombies, marching this away at the behest of the IRS deep state military government power structure that's here to take away our cows and our guns and end farming. There's these little, little 20-year-old little college punks talking about how they should end car- farming. If I ever see anyone in my presence talking about ending farming, it's a fight. Knocking your teeth right out of your head. The police are going to come. If they're available, they're going to arrest me and put me in. I'm going to go to court. I'm going to beat your ass if I physically see you in my presence talking about ending farming in this country. Because if I see that and hear it, that, that's you talking. You might as well say something to offend my daughter. You might as well threaten my family member. You might as well threaten my country. Because if you're talking about ending, of just having the, the ability to farm land with cattle, with livestock, and you're going to take that somehow, that fundamental, essential right of just surviving that's, that, that exists 10,000, 100,000 years before America, and tell me these people can't farm with their land, that their that they're fifth, sixth, seventh generation, however many generations is America, that many generations of farming history, and you're telling me that they, they cannot have the cattle that they need. No, that, that's, sorry, bro. You're going to get dropped on your head. So the conference is over the discussing right now. Understand this is quite serious. They're talking about an impeachment inquiry into Merrick Garland for his cover-up of uh, active cover-up of uh, inquiry into Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family. Also, there's a move to uh, either contempt. I hear actually uh, criminal contempt maybe on uh, on uh, maybe even perjury on Chris Ray. There's people behind the scenes talking about this. They're going through Ray's testimony. Thinks he's perjured himself on multiple occasions. So look, a lot going on. Obviously, this big fight about what the Trump plan is in 2025 as soon as he takes his hand off the King James Bible, which he will do at high noon on the, uh, on the 20th of January, the year of our Lord 2025, when he becomes the 47th President of the United States. Uh, in this time, there's going to be a very well thought through 
very well organized, hit the uh, deck plates run. In fact, I th believe all 3,000 people that will be selected as political appointees will already be on the transition team from the minute uh, that President Trump's declared the winner uh, shortly after uh, after uh, around midnight on the election day. Um, that team will be ready to go. Uh, of course, they'll be getting the other 1,000 ready for the Senate confirmations, which I'm sure whoever's running the Senate then, and it won't be Mitch McConnell, will uh, actively help to get these people through, not like last time. Uh, Laura Loomer, before we get to the how we govern, before we get to the general, we got to uh, deal with this primary, and I keep telling people it's, it's a distraction. It's just a waste of time and massive amount of money. It is the donor class, the political operatives that are doing this. But principally, it's, uh, it's the Murdochs. You know, we fought a revolution to free ourselves of the control of the British. Here we've got the, the worst of all worlds. We've got kind of the Commonwealth. We've got the uh, Australian English family. Uh, remember, there's no Americans that really own any media assets in the United Kingdom. They don't own the TV channels. They don't own the news channels, right? This is pretty unheard of that foreigners here, uh, you know, run this, and they run it uh, as controlled opposition. So you always got a shiny toy in front of you you can complain about and run around about, but you never really get to the heart of the matter. Uh, Laura, you've done an extraordinary job, and, and here's what they're doing. I said this in the speech the other day. They're going to they're gonna select, knowing they can't beat Trump, they will try to do that, but knowing they can't beat him, they're going to try to kneecap him. Like they had, you know, Megyn Kelly. Chris, Megyn Kelly's now doing her mea culpa's, uh, right? I met backstage with Trump, and we had a great old time. And, you know, gosh, uh, darn, uh, I can't believe I asked those questions. That was, They tried to kneecap him in the first uh, two minutes of the first debate back in 2015. It was Brett Baer and Megyn Kelly on orders from, uh, from Murdoch to try to kneecap President Trump. Of course, he handled it extraordinarily, and we got through that. When I was running Breitbart, we went and we crushed uh, Megan Kelly, the next couple of days, about what she had tried to do and what Murdoch had tried to do, attempted. And of course, you know, and there's a PBS special. We, we ought to link to that one day. They did a whole one hour. She called me, he's a terrible misogynist, all this, all this nonsense. Now she's, now she's at turning point. She got the big smile on her podcast and she's rubbing up on President Trump and he's my buddy and gosh, we're all good friends now. Funny how that works, but in the defining moment, in that unforgiving moment, ma'am, uh, you were an instrument to try to destroy Donald Trump at the beginning of his uh, campaign. Laura Loomer, you've done an extraordinary job of kind of breaking this down. I, I would like to get your thoughts on how the Murdoch apparatus, which we call Fox globalist right. Republicans, Fox Republicans, have tried to take down Trump using DeSantis as their first weapon. Can you walk us through it? Yeah, so as you just pointed out, right, a lot of people don't know this, but Rupert Murdoch is a foreigner. Okay, the Murdoch family uh, comes from Australia, and while he now may be a United States citizen, uh, it's important to realize and also address the fact that most of what people refer to as conservative or moderate media in this country is owned by a foreign family, the Murdoch family. And so it's not just Fox News, which uh, falls under the umbrella of News Corp, which is, of course, owned by Rupert Murdoch. It includes uh, the New York Post, the Wall Street Journal, as well as HarperCollins Publishing, which happens to be the publishing company that uh, gave Ron DeSantis his multi-million dollar book deal so that he could pretend to be on a book tour when he was actually illegally running a shadow presidential campaign for seven months prior to uh, officially filing his run for president. And so uh, in the very beginning, you saw Rupert Murdoch uh, use this book deal as a way to, what I would argue, launder money to Ron DeSantis. He was supposed to have his 
original book deal with Simon and Schuster. And then they made up a story about why he ended this $2.2 million deal with Simon and Schuster uh, to transfer this book deal to Rupert Murdoch so that they could use it as an excuse to give him a national and even international media platform, given that the Murdochs own uh, networks and publications in the UK and Australia. And so you saw Ron DeSantis get paraded on every single Fox News show. You saw people like Brian Kilmeade uh, say things that, oh, well, you know, Donald Trump led an insurrection into the United States Capitol and make these very provocative and anti-Trump comments uh, as a way to uh, transition over to DeSantis. In fact, the day after Ron DeSantis won his uh, re-election as governor, and of course he's not doing that job because he's now an absentee governor, the front page of the New York Post said, de future. And you know that that was coordinated because how is it that at 8.30, 9 o'clock at night when Ron DeSantis was declared uh, the winner of his election, they already had uh, that headline, what, selected and ready to go? So the way it works is usually headlines and cover stories are done the day before because you have to submit it for publication. So this is a coordinated effort, a multi-billion dollar multinational effort to get uh, rid of Donald Trump. But don't take it from me, Steve. We know that Fox News just cut an $800 million check to Dominion, okay? And in the discovery, uh, you said it yourself, they didn't want Rupert Murdoch because he's not really a smart guy. He's kind of like a bumbling old dud uh, who just happens to have a lot of money and is incapable of staying married to the same woman longer than six months. And this guy... Um, wrote a check so that he didn't have to testify. His own text messages, Steve, reveal that he wanted to unperson Donald Trump. Word for word, he sent these texts to his son and Paul Ryan, who, of course, is an advisor in the media to Ron DeSantis and is on the board of Fox News, saying that their goal is to make Donald Trump a non-person. He called uh, January 6th basically a crime and said that Donald Trump needs to be shadow banned from Fox News, which is why they don't show his rallies anymore. But Ron DeSantis can have a pizza party with nine moms in New Hampshire and all of them can look like hostage victims. And, oh, Fox News is going to cut live to New Hampshire. <clears throat> Laura, just hang over one second. This is very important. Um, the Like I said the other day, Trump, President Trump, whether you like him or hate him, it's news. He, he gives three policy. He goes to Faith and Family, Ralph Reed's group, they're holding their big convention in Washington, D.C., the number one really uh, major uh, ev evangelical movement. Ralph's been doing this for a long time. Then he goes from Moms to Liberty, the parents' rights movement that's on fire, Tina Deskovitz and Tiffany Justice in Philadelphia uh, to do an address, another hour and a half speech. That's three hours. Uh, then he goes to, uh, to Charlie Kirk and the team at Turning Point USA's Turning Point, another hour and a half, full of policy. These are not rally speeches. These were not rallies. These are serious, full of gravitas policy, mm -hmm. uh, talking about not just his record, really talking about going forward. Not one second covered on Fox. Think about that. Four and a half, yeah. almost five hours of policy speeches in three weeks, not one second covered. None of, none of Turning Point covered, which was the, the, the most impressive a turnout of a, of a, of a mm -hmm. conference I've seen in years. Nothing covered. But I want to go back that email. He, he, he used the word, I want to unperson. This shows you not just the power, the arrogance they have. I want to unperson Donald Trump. What did he mean by that, Laura Loomer? 
Well, he wants to uh, destroy him, right? They want to character assassinate Donald Trump and dogpile on like the uh, rest of the establishment media does. Uh, they do this by refusing to give him a platform. They uh, told certain hosts they weren't allowed to platform him. We also saw uh, messages between Sean Hannity and Kayleigh McEnany. Everybody seems to think that Sean Hannity is some you know great ally to President Trump. And yet in these uh, documents that were released uh, from this uh, Dominion lawsuit, you see Sean Hannity even saying that he doesn't believe the election was stolen and telling telling Kayleigh McEnany that he needs to she he she needs to tell Donald Trump to stop talking about how the election was stolen. And so you see that trusted advisors and people who the president thinks is his friend or people who were given the opportunity of working for him and have now stabbed him in the back and have gone on to get their own jobs at Fox News, like Kayleigh McEnany, uh, they were undermining Donald Trump. How can you work for somebody and you if you don't even believe in what they believe in? Uh, and so we... L yeah. Laura, let me, yeah, let me ask you, has the, has the Murdoch... Uh, um, concept of pushing DeSantis. We're here on the 18th of July in 2023. We're uh, three weeks away from the Iowa State mm -hmm. Fair. In your professional opinion, has that worked? <laughs> Absolutely not. And uh, Rupert Murdoch knows it, too. Uh, I think that they planted their own story in Rolling Stone last week, and I saw National Pulse also picked it up about how Rupert Murdoch has soured on Ron DeSantis because he can smell a loser from a mile away. And now you see they're trying to create this narrative of, oh, well, maybe Georgia Governor Brian Kemp or Glenn Youngkin is going to run. But Brian Kemp released a statement today saying that he is not going to run for president. And they're clearly setting their, their sights on somebody else because they know they know that nobody can beat donald trump but this is about draining the gop donor base of hundreds of millions of dollars that otherwise could have been allocated to a strong and robust ballot harvesting operation and election integrity methods and measures they don't want trump supporters in the america first maga movement to have access to those hundreds of millions of dollars so they have to poison the well and it's not working because yeah. fox news is losing viewership and ron DeSantis is a disaster yeah. he's dead in the water well not just the, in, the, in the in the in the viewership they have is empty calories um hang on laura i'm gonna have ralph Loomer. i'd like you to hold on we want to come back to laura loomer impeachment inquiry on Garland because last night it just broke. It was up on Fox last night. It just broke that uh, an FBI special agent's come forward from Delaware and said he, he validates everything that the whistleblower in the IRS said that this was a cover-up of the Biden family by the FBI and DOJ. Uh, you've got uh, other people, another huge story in the Hill about either contempt charges or maybe criminal contempt on Ray, maybe even perjury, that people are tired of him coming and obfuscating uh, when he comes before these panels. Uh, then, just right before he came on, President Trump released that he got a target letter from Jack Smith in this uh, in this grand jury. It looks like they're trying to get ahead of what's happening down in Georgia, and who knows what's going on there. Laura Loomer, before I let you go, I, I, wanted, I want you to walk through the process with Fox, because they're driving this. The donors are all over. But remember, the donors respond to what they see on Fox. That's what they watch. That's why I say it's, it's, their viewership is empty calories. The, the protein and the fight is what you saw at Charlie Kirk's Turning Point USA. What, 6,000, 8,000 activists, 2,000 committee, precinct committeemen? So yeah, tell absolutely. me, where, where do we go from here? Do we do, do we go Tim Scott? Do we go Glenn Youngkin? Do we go Ralph? Ralph uh, uh, we go uh, Kemp down in, uh, down in Georgia. Where do we go from here? Well, uh, 
Brian Kemp actually released a statement yesterday, Steve, saying that he was not going to be running for president in 2024. Uh, I don't know why he felt compelled to say that. You know, I think there's a lot of rumors going around that he's either going to replace because DeSantis or because, Glenn because Youngkin. But he said no, no. But what he said, hang on. What he said though is that situations change, doors always open. He yeah. and Youngkin are leaving it totally open. If, if some the opportunistic, remember. The key to the DeSantis um, uh, uh, Fox situation, the Murdochs, the Murdochs are totally transactional. I've right. said this. If, if DeSantis works out, DeSantis is their guy. If he doesn't work out, he's gone. The eject button. How close do you think? You've covered this closer than anybody. How close do you think the eject button is on, on DeSantis with Fox? You think, they, you think they're over? Because the other day they had Bartiromo actually on President Trump, but then they had him on Howard Kurtz. You think they're over it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nothing gets past Rupert Murdoch. So you don't get to push a narrative without getting approval from Suzanne Scott on the seventh floor of Fox News. And you don't get to say anything unless Rupert Murdoch approves it. And so anybody who has worked for Fox News knows this, right? They have a blacklist. They control their messaging very tightly. And so uh, I think that they're already looking for a replacement to put their money behind. And I'm not saying that Brian Kemp isn't going to run just because he issued a statement, but I was going to add on to that, Steve, that in his statement, he also said that, oh, well, I will say, even though I'm not running, you do have to win Georgia in order to win a general election. So perhaps their strategy is to run somebody like a Brian Kemp in order to prevent Donald Trump from winning a state like Georgia, because we know how much voter fraud goes on in the state of Georgia. Uh, you never know. But uh, Glenn Youngkin, of course, uh, has a lot of his own money uh, from uh, working with, I believe, what, Carlisle, Carlisle Group. And uh, he's very wealthy. And yeah. so he wouldn't necessarily need to depend on the donor class as much as somebody like Ron DeSantis, whose uh, net worth was only $350,000, according to financial disclosure forms, prior to his multi-million okay. dollar payday by Rupert Murdoch. That's a question. Was that net worth of 300 some thousand dollars was that prior to the... I thought that was yes. post the list, no. at least the initial installments. Was that... That was pre he cut the $2 million book deal? Yeah, so those are the expenditure reports, Steve, that he filed uh, shortly uh, before he won re-election as uh, governor of Florida. Uh, Ron DeSantis lives in the governor's mansion uh, with his wife and children, and so he doesn't own a home. He doesn't own a car, according to his own uh, financial records. Perhaps, you know, perhaps he has money elsewhere in offshore accounts. I don't know. But the reality is, according to his own expenditure reports prior to getting the book deal and running for president, his net worth was only $350,000 which he said was listed all in cash. And now, right, as of uh, a week and a half ago, there was a report out that he's now worth over uh, one point, I believe, $1.27 or $1.17 million. And who knows, maybe he'll he'll get even more money. But uh, book deals are a way but, to transfer money. Yeah, they, they launder the things through the uh, Bidens that give uh, Hunter Biden yeah. a huge deal, Joe Biden, uh, the wife, all that. Laura, how do people, This is, you've got a, an eight-minute or ten-minute part. We're going to push that out, video today. You've got other reporting. Where do people go to, because you're probably on top of this more than uh, anyone else. Where do people go to get to you? Thanks, Steve. Uh, yeah, people can uh, follow me on Substack. You can subscribe today at lauralumer.substack.com. That's also how people can support my independent journalism. Uh, lauralumer.substack.com. And then you can follow me on Twitter, Getter, Gab, and Truth Social at Laura Loomer so that you never miss any of my updates. And I'll be releasing another video about Ron DeSantis today. Thank <laughs> you.
That's right. It's time for a word from our awesome and exciting and sexy sponsor, Wendy's Boutique Limited. You guys remember how this goes? Wendy's Boutique Limited is the hottest designer couture online. 2023 is limited catalog is here, hottest new styles, limited selection, and everything you need to be an amazing and incredible woman. And of course, at Wendy's Boutique, we do not suffer the, uh, the left's misappropriation of womanhood into weird uh, transgender uh, debauchery over here. Wendy's Boutique is all woman. And we have amazing Van Cleef and Arpels jewelry, incredible. Marco Bizio, I see right here on the front page, I hear sale on Savage Christian Dior Cologne. Of course, everybody loves that, it's a bestseller. I see Hermes watches, WB Fine Jewels of the highest order. Wendy's Boutique Limited is boutique supremacy online. If you don't have wendyslimited.com, you, ha you don't have anything, guys. And we have, of course, up here on the front deck, I see Prada purses, the most incredible jewelry. Everything here is absolutely guaranteed to be the best price and absolutely 100% pure couture designer labels and fine designer jewelry at Wendy's Boutique Limited. You have to come check out the Rage. Of course, Wendy's Boutique Limited recently canceled Balenciago because Balenciago's trash. Wendy'sLimited.com is everything you need. But we'll see what ends up happening. So far, everybody's peaceful, and uh, all the people on the Trump side are, are you know, just wanting justice. Now, can we bring in Laura Loomer and let's get her thoughts, Laura? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Steve. Hey, everybody. So. Uh Great day today. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, we were supposed to have a rally here. This is actually the location, and um, the rally was uh, set. The rally I organized was set to begin at 10 a.m. And so, oddly enough, right at uh, 9:45 in the morning, we had uh, Fulton County Sheriff's officers, as you can see from uh, these barricades, uh, lining the street and telling everybody to move. And if you were here yesterday, you saw that the streets were open. There were no barricades. People people were allowed to walk across the street and uh, take photos and do reporting. Uh, but they did this in an effort to violate our First Amendment rights and to shut down our rally because, of course, President Trump retruced uh, my rally flyer telling everybody to come to this location today at 10 a.m. And they're trying to suppress our First Amendment right to petition our government for grievances and speak out against weaponized government and uh, the criminalization of political speech as it relates to our stolen elections. Colton, Laura, let me stick with you for a second. Senator Colton Moore said that the 18 that have been are being arraigned in, in President Trump are political prisoners. Do you believe that? Yeah, I do believe that we are in the era of political prisoners in this country. And uh, I spoke with Colton this morning, a uh, great uh, Georgia state uh, senator who is really leading the effort uh, to encourage people in the state of Georgia to call for a special session. Um, we, we have political prisoners in Washington, D.C. right now from January 6th. And we always said, right, if people didn't start fighting for these January 6th political prisoners, they were going to use the same arguments, right, of seditious conspiracy and insurrection and uh all of these things that they're accusing these J6 political prisoners of in their trial against Donald Trump. And that's the next step, right? If they're successful, you're going to see uniparty actors try to push for some type of 14th Amendment effort to get Donald Trump off the ballot. And, um, you know, Colton's doing great work, but Colton wanted everybody to know when I spoke with him this morning 
People got to get off, get off Facebook and the internet and stop posting and start calling. Call the Georgia legislature. Call the representatives. Go through the phone book and call every single one of them and tell them to have a special session so that we can get uh, Fannie. Fannie Willis and the, these corrupt district attorneys fired. A lot of people don't know this, Bannon. Or Steve, <laughs> call you Bannon, right? We're, we're, we're that close, I just call you Bannon. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, Steve, but um, Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, actually signed legislation uh, earlier this year, making it uh, the, uh, the ability of the, the governor of Georgia, giving them the authority to fire uh, district attorneys. So what's stopping Brian Kemp, right? What is stopping Brian Kemp from firing Fannie Willis? That's what I want to know. They already passed the legislation. It's time for a special session to convene and get the job done. Loomer, let me ask you about uh, last night in Milwaukee with the Keebler Elves. Uh, Fox went out of their way to promote Pence and, and, and his actions on January 6th of defending the Constitution. What's your assessment of what happened there about that specific topic and the response of the other folks running for the presidency? As we saw last night, uh, the first person to raise his hand when asked if they would uh, support uh, Donald Trump as the nominee, even if he was uh, convicted, was Vivek Ramaswamy. And uh, it wasn't until Ron DeSantis looked around the entire stage and realized his hand was one of the only hands left uh, that wasn't wasn't up that he decided to put his hand up. So we got to see people's true colors last night uh, during that debate. I want to call it more of an audition for whoever's going to be qualified enough and loyal enough to serve in the next Trump administration, because let's be honest. Right, <laughs> Rupert Murdoch's what was it? 2.53 million views on the debate last night is nothing compared to the nearly 200 million views that Tucker Carlson's interview with President Trump has had uh, in the last less than 24 hours. So uh, they better wake up and get with it real fast because the American people aren't tolerating it. And Donald Trump wasn't even at that debate last night with Fox News. And every single time his name was mentioned, the audience cheered. He was the most favored person in the room, and he wasn't there. And every time a candidate said that they wouldn't support him they were viciously booed so we know who the gop nominee is it's donald trump it's now a matter of whether or not all of these feckless rhinos who are running against him are going to have the balls have the testicular fortitude to drop out and say you know what i stand with president trump i endorse president trump and we are not going to stand for this weaponized government and assault on free speech and free and fair elections in america Laura, uh, social media, so people, can, fi so people can follow you. Laura, how do people follow yeah, you so, today? What, what's uh, the social still, media? You can follow me today on uh, Twitter, Truth Social, Gab, and Getter at Laura. ...as well. And at the time, I didn't have my own publication, right? I was just a student. And back then, I actually had a Facebook account, right? And back in those days, you could post whatever you wanted on Facebook and you wouldn't get banned, right? So I remember, you know, my commentary and all of my posts and, you know, uh, my, my views about Islam and about, uh, you know, the counterterror movement or uh, Islamic migration. And I went to college with a lot of students, right, who were from Saudi Arabia. And so... You know, I faced a lot of anti-Semitism as well, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. I am Jewish, and um, going to school with some of these Islamic students, not all of them, but their first line of attack on me um, was to call me a filthy Jew, right? I mean, I have very Jewish features. I had a nose job, and so I had a, a more, like, predominant Jewish nose before I actually, you know, had my nose done. But um, I remember even in boarding school, right, we had students from Turkey and from a very young age. I mean, I think I was called a kike for the first time when I was 15 years old in boarding school. Okay.
So, so you got very. So you got to understand. So I got to hatred. understand the hatred, right? Within. The hatred that you know is derived from that ideology from a very young age. Yeah, you've experienced it. Yeah, it's not like I was indoctrinated to, to uh, you know, think a certain way. <laughs> you know, I grew up, of course, watching watching the news and you know studying the war on terror. And as a kid, right, I remember I liked Pokemon cards, and a lot of kids were playing with the Pokemon cards. But I had those uh, those. Um, most wanted, right? You know those jihadi most wanted cards that the CIA and the FBI issued that had all of the uh, all of the terrorists on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that were used. <laughs> so that's what I was playing with, and I just remember as a kid, I would bring those to school, and I would sit there and I would play with them. <laughs> Have your so. views somewhat changed on the war on terror? The war on terror. From it what, has, from yeah, what you because were told. because now you know we grew up kind of I don't want to say indoctrinated, but told. Oh, we need the Patriot Act. We need uh, you know all these counterterrorism tactics to combat jihadists, jihadists, and the global war on terrorism. But then, ultimately, the Patriot Act paved the way for <laughs> tactics of deplatforming. A lot of people don't know this, right? And I write about this extensively in my book. But what's the um, Patriot? What's the Patriot Act for those who have never? So heard the, the Patriot Act was established right under the Bush administration, uh, directly following uh, 9/11. And essentially, it was um, you know an act that was created uh, by the United States government uh, as a way to what they claimed was going to increase uh, the national surveillance state for the sake of you know keeping Americans safe. And they said, okay, we're going to bolster TSA, and uh, it paved the way for you know mass government surveillance and spying on the public. And What's TSA? Like the uh, security okay. security agency at the airport yep, okay. when you're going through the through the security, uh, but everything we now see right the, the entire world changed after after 9/11 and they used the Patriot Act uh, as an excuse to be able to spy on people, surveil them, uh, monitor their conversations, and store and collect enormous amounts of data all in the name of patriotism, right? Oh, we all need to unite together to, you know, to stand together, rah, 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 America, America, you know? We got we to gotta combat these jihadists. But as we've learned over time, right, they never really implemented these surveillance tactics or these counterterrorism tactics against jihadists. It's been weaponized against American patriots, right? Which is ironic, given the name Patriot. the Patriot Act, right? Mm -hmm. So now, these these tactics of deplatforming, and a lot of people don't know this, but the tactic of completely digitally exterminating somebody and banning them online and, you know, surveilling them on certain keywords, like, you probably have been banned, or people who support you have been banned for actually typing the word Tommy Robinson. Yeah, Just like with me, with Facebook, when they labeled me a dangerous individual, along with Gavin McGinnis, who you had on your show, and yeah. others as well, literally people would be banned for just typing the word Laura Loomer. And they'd go they back through history. Me, they labeled me as a designated terrorist when they banned me. And so when, um, when ISIS and you know, Al-Qaeda and Hamas, Hezbollah, all these different groups were trying to, and the Taliban, of course, trying to recruit members to join their cause they were using social media and that's how they were able to get so many young people and you know have this global movement of 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 young what do they call them lone wolves right who would you know just be sitting at home or they'd be able to convert an american college student who would then you know take a plane ride over to syria and take arms and join isis the United States government and the FBI and the CIA developed the tactic of deplatforming for the sake of digitally exterminating jihadist networks online so that they weren't able to recruit and spread propaganda. 
But now, right, what has that been used to do? It's actually us. been used to target <laughs> us. So when we try to say, oh, I feel like I'm being treated like a terrorist. No, we really are being treated like terrorists because the entire concept of deplatforming and this this unholy alliance between the big tech social media companies and the intelligence agencies like we've seen in the United States, and I'm sure it's probably very similar in the UK, right, where you have uh, big tech officials working with uh, intelligence officials like we saw in the 2020 election, the FBI having meetings on a weekly basis with Facebook and Twitter. They work with these officials to target people that they view as enemies of the state. Enemies of the state. Problematic for the state. Problematic, right? Political dissidents, people who are a problem uh, to uh, the current regime uh, in charge, or people that question the status quo. And so uh, that's where it comes from. And a lot of people don't know that, and they think, oh, it's just because your views are controversial. But now we've seen, um, and I, I've talked about this in my lawsuit, right, that I've filed against uh, the big tech companies, you actually have such a twisted situation where deplatforming was created to counter counter terrorists, right? Counter terrorism movement. But now you have the Taliban having access to Twitter where people like you and I are not allowed to have social media. I'm now back on, but uh, there was a whistleblower that came out, as is outlined in my lawsuit, that Facebook was actually auto-generating pages for ISIS and Al-Qaeda. What do you mean? So they were actually auto-generating, like using bots and their algorithms to auto-generate and populate content for terrorist organizations online. Wow. Why would they be doing that? Well, because I do believe that that's the content that they want to they want to promote. They that's... want to they want to promote that. And look, a lot of a lot of people don't know this as well. And this is one of the things I got banned for exposing. But there's a lot of Islamic influence in tech. Right prior to the whole shakeup of Twitter, and you know Elon Musk now owns it, and so prior to that, right, you had all these shareholders, and uh, Prince Ali bin Talal, uh, who uh, has you know been accused of financing uh, terrorism on a global scale uh, in um, in Saudi Arabia, was uh, the second largest shareholder. Forty seven, did he? Did he? I'm not sure of the exact number, but he was the second largest shareholder at a time, and. You know, if you look at American media as well, at one point in time, Fox News, which people like to say is our conservative media network, right? It was owned by Saudis. They have a very large share in it. So how do you expect big tech to be countering uh, Islamic terrorism, right? How do you expect the the media to be countering uh, jihad or, uh, you know, promoting proper immigration policy to keep... Americans safe or to keep people safe and to bolster national security when they're completely bought and owned by the people that the United States government said they created the Patriot Act to combat in the first place. It's insanity. You know, even when, when I was removed off Twitter in 2017, I was removed for stating that for, um, 90% of convictions for grooming gangs, which is groups of Muslim men who rape children, are Muslim. And that's why I said, and I said 30% were called Mohammed. They're facts. It's the number one name in the UK now. Mohammed, yeah. Mohammed. Yeah, yeah. And not just the UK, many many European countries. Many countries, countries but in the UK. Uh, Even Ireland now, in Galway. In in Ireland, the number one name is is Mohammed. But when I was removed, I looked up who the the, the uh, the lead face was for the UK for Twitter, and he was Muslim. And I was like, then I realized, I thought... No, they have a lot of Islamic influence, and the same at Facebook as well. And 
you know, I got banned on Uber. Why and did Lyft. you? Why, why did you get to explain? Let's let's start. We're on we're on the the deplatforming. Why were you deplatformed from Twitter? <laughs> so I got banned on uh, November twenty first of two thousand eighteen. So years ago, uh, for uh, exposing Ilhan Omar. And for people who don't know who that is, Ilhan Omar is a current congresswoman. But the time that I exposed her, she was not a congresswoman. She was running for office, and she's a uh, Muslim migrant from Somalia who committed immigration fraud and uh, she's a jihadist and I what immigration, was, for, what immigration fraud did she commit? so uh, I, you, you... I exposed the fact that she came here from uh, Somalia at a young age and she uh, married her brother as a way to get a student loan money for her brother so there you have it guys we've got to wrap this up but you can see that she's uh, Laura Loomer there she's the hammer she's on there with Tommy Robinson and she's uh, doing her best to bring the, the heavyweight uh, facts of the high-velocity news, 24-hour uh, news cycle. And ultimately, she is going to be one of the heavyweights uh, in America here, one of our elite journalists leading America's intelligentsia, uh, women only. And you can see that she is going to be one of the individuals you have to keep track of and, and pay attention to because she's not going to be sold out or intimidated or bought out or made to sell out her own beliefs and her own patriotic ideals uh, in this great country for some kind of uh, diluted ideological madness, right? So she's ultimately going to be one of the staunch patriotic heavyweights and elite investigative journalists that we have to keep an eye on to stay well-informed here. So once again, thanks for coming back.